So hi, this is Shannon Pendleton with Passive House Accelerator, and thanks for tuning in to this special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast, recorded at Fiascon 2023 in Houston, Texas. And a big thank you to Zola Windows for their support of this series. here today with Graham Wright from FIAS, and we are going to talk a little bit about ASHRAE 227. So Graham, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do for FIAS, and how hard this year has been. You've been busy. You've done a lot of work. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'm senior scientist for FIAS. I've uh, been with uh, them for uh, since 2012. And um, yeah, I mostly work on on the development of our of our new programs. Uh, and one of the and the two two seven standard committee project is is one of those uh, initiatives that I'm working on. And it's open for public comment right now, right? Yeah, it's open. It's the it's the first public review on, uh, period. Well, for those who don't know what the ASHRAE two twenty seven standard is. Can you explain it and what it's what the purpose of that standard is? Right. The idea is to to take the ideas of passive house and render them into code intended language. So, yeah, it's it's following through on this desire that we've had for a long time to quote unquote make passive house code. Um, that means that it needs to be recast, basically. So, what issues does the 227 solve that existing passive standards don't in order to get a uh, breakthrough to that level of becoming code? Uh, so, uh, you know, one of the things you can't have in, in a code is uh, uh, like proprietary requirements for credential professionals. Um, basically, any above code or all the above code green programs, you know, they, they all kind of work the same way where in order to get the certification, you have to use, you know, an accredited professional or something like that, you know, for that program. You can't have anything like that uh, in a code uh, standard. It has to, you, you can talk about, about skills that people need, but the, uh, the question of like who's actually qualified, that has to be left to, the authority having jurisdiction uh, to decide, um, and there's some th similar things around, like uh, you know, you can't require certified products or, or particular products. Uh, so that uh, you know, that also, or if you know, if you're going to point someone to like a certification, you also also have to give the uh, the authority, you know, uh, or the the authority has the the discretion to you know, approve something else. Um, it also, uh, uh, and, and this is kind of an, an ASHRAE uh, recommendation or policy that there, there should be like a pretty clear quote unquote prescriptive path uh, for people to follow. Uh, it can't, can't be entirely, you know, uh, performance based. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> let's see what else. Um, well, it sounds like it's really removing barriers, increasing adoption by removing that 
requirement to be credentialed. Is the structure different? Can you explain the structure of it and the timeline behind it? Uh, yes. So the, the structure of it is, is it works more like the, the way that other energy codes do where, yeah, you have this, this more or less prescriptive or straightforward path uh, uh, that's like, uh, straightforward to comply with um, but is kind of inflexible. And then you have the option if you, you know, if, if one of those one of those many prescriptive requirements like irks you or, or uh, you know, you, you find yourself troubled by it as a designer, uh, you can do a performance path where, you know, you, you do a full whole building energy model and prove that, that the performance is going to be equivalent. Um, and, you know, one of the, one of the advantages, I guess, of, of that, uh, of that approach of, of, kind of regulating things uh, piece by piece is that it, it should generalize better to all kinds of non-residential buildings. Um, right now, both of the, both of the proprietary passive house standards have this, um, what I would consider a weakness of, uh, for, uh, you know, unusual or, or first of type or non-residential buildings. You know, there has to be some kind of study done at the Institute <laughs> to come up with like custom targets. Right. Um, but this, uh, <clears throat> this, this approach of, of having a, having a, a prescriptive path, you know, basically solves that. So, uh, I guess the, and the way I've talked about it before sometimes is that, you know, it's, it's not that big of a mystery of what the contributing factors are to, to high heating loads or high cooling loads. So we should be able to write regulations that that regulate those contributions. You know, the the internal gains, the solar gains, uh, uh, kind of piece by piece, and likewise the you know the infiltration losses and the transmission losses. We should be able to write uh, rules that that kind of get at all those contributing factors in a in a fairly cut and dried way. Excellent. And and when does the comment period last until, and how does the timeline go from there? Uh, so the the advisory public comment review period goes through, I believe, November thirteenth. So just a coming few right more, up. Yeah. So just a few more days, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've gotten too many comments yet, but it it is quite a long document. Um, and so, yeah, there might be a, a rush at the end. Um, uh, so uh, this first public comment period is what they call advisory, uh, which means that the, the comments don't actually have to be formally responded to. Once you go to publication public review, they do. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, as part of the, the consensus process uh, in, a, in a publication public review, like, uh, the committee has to make, you know, good faith efforts to resolve the commenters. Um, and so I think we've penciled in basically three rounds of publication, public review. Uh, I, I believe the reason for that is, is to resolve comment, uh, conflicts among the comments. Mm -hmm. So if you resolve someone in, in the first round, you may create a problem for someone else in the second round. So yeah, it takes a, takes a couple of tries to get that. Um, 
And so that process will probably, we, we expect that to take about another year um, to get through three rounds of, of publication, public review. Uh, and we're not sure, we're not quite sure. We still have it on the schedule, I think, to try to go out for for publication, public review, like, you know, pretty soon, like in, in January, uh, like this January. Congratulations. But uh, <coughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure that that, that will happen. If, if there is a delay, it'll probably like another three months uh, if we if we don't make it <clears throat> but uh, we'll see so that yeah so it's it's I think it's great because yeah it, it uh, you know it's concerned with this with the same things that we've been concerned about in the in the proprietary programs you know the, the main point of it is or is uh, you know, reduce the heating and cooling loads and energy overall. Um, this was this was like the official purpose statement. I think says exceptionally low energy use, and that our like durable, healthy, comfortable, resilient. Um, so, yeah, all of the all of the additional requirements that that uh, uh, you know we have built around it for for indoor air quality and acoustics and, and moisture management and all of that uh, has to be addressed and is addressed in there. Um, so we've not left anything uh, out, really. So that's why it's over 200 pages. <laughs> I started my reading. I haven't submitted any comments yet, but I hope to. Um, for CPHCs out there, the Certified Passive House Consultants, mm -hmm. working uh, under the, the standards now, mm -hmm. um, what kind of advice do you have for them? Are there case studies they can look at, or are calculators in the works for them to use to prepare how they'll address these new standards coming? Uh, there are very few worked examples. This is something that, that we're going to need uh, some help with. Um, uh, yeah, training will have to be developed uh, and software because, yeah, we're... So when I, when I talked about uh, prescriptive path, in most cases, it's not super, super prescriptive. Uh, we've, in, in many places, taken the approach of, like, well, there's sort of a subsystem performance requirement where you have to do some type of little little uh, performance calculation, but it's of a very limited scope. Um, for example, uh, you know, there's not sort of detailed tables of roof wall and, and uh, foundation are values. We just say, okay, your, your overall average U value has to be less than this. Uh, and so, yeah, you're going to have to do some takeoffs and, and some calculations. And that happens, I think, with uh, also with like, uh, you know, fan power for for heating and cooling air distribution and for for hot water piping mm -hmm. losses. So, yeah, there's there's these. So the, the idea or the idea is to give people a little bit of design flexibility Um by, by having a, a subsystem performance metric without requiring like full on, you know, detailed energy modeling uh, for 
uh, for all cases. So uh, that's a, I think it's a promising approach, um, but it does mean that uh, like basically there's no existing software that can do those, do all those things properly uh, right now. So we've, we've taken the approach of like, okay, what do we want? You know, yeah. What do we want people to do? And what calculations do we, we want people to do and what performance metrics do we want to use? And then, yeah, it's the, it's the job of, of the market to come up with, uh, uh, you know, calculation aids for that. If someone wants to go into that business or yeah, individual practitioners can, can develop their own spreadsheets and stuff like this. So you're creating something so entirely new that yeah, we need, we need support <clears throat> right. we with need. new creations for some of the existing calculators and protocols that we're using now are a good basis of design right. for something to come. But yeah, that's, that's another thing that, that above code programs typically do is, is require proprietary software. Right. And so we've, we've had to, so you can't do that in an open standard. You have to like write out all the methods that need to go into, you know, uh, any, any calculation aid. So you, in the standard, you say, okay, what calculations need to be done? And then it's, yeah, it's someone else's job to, to actually construct those tools. Uh, and yeah, well, Graham, is there anything else you want to share with us or with the, the listeners out there who are excited to see this coming to fruition and bringing Passive House a huge step closer to becoming code? Right. We're, uh, I, I think it even says in the, in the foreword uh, of the advisory review where we're quite concerned about, like, is this clear? Uh, like, you know, can this be enforced? Is it, is it clear how to comply and how to document compliance? We, we tried to write a whole chapter of like, okay, how do you, how do you document compliance with the, with the requirements, you know, listed above. And uh, so, yeah, we, we need to, we need some feedback on, on like, you know, could this, could, what are the prospects for like actually administering this? Um, uh, and yeah, the other, the other thing to mention, I guess, is that, uh, yeah, it's not, it ju- it's not just like a, a tweak or a, or an overlay of, of any existing standard. We, we started with a clean sheet of paper. And so, uh, you know, there's ideas from PHI and FIAS and California title 24 and ASHRAE 90.1 and, and, you know, uh, we looked around. So yeah, basically we, we, we started completely over and said, okay, anything that exists currently is previous work to be built upon. And so, yeah, we've done as, as best we can to, to synthesize things from different sources. Well, congratulations on a very impressive body of work and to reaching this stage where you're receiving comments, uh, for the first round. Um, thank you so much again. I'm here with Graham Wright, senior scientist at FIAS, and um, want to thank our sponsor, Solar Windows, again for making this. Music.